Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Welcome back to the program again this week, and thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us every week at the same time. I know you're being blessed by the word that's flowing, and it may be challenging your heart to really stretch your thinking, but that's really what we intend to do. We want to make you think. We're not trying to tell you how to think, or, or we're not trying to tell you what to think. We're just trying to teach you to think, and I think uh, that the Spirit of the Lord is able to communicate His heart of truth to you. Uh, we are on the set again this week with my oldest son, Jeremy, who is the pastor of Word That Frees, a great church in Winchester, Virginia. There'll be information on the screen uh, that will help you find their location. They meet at a restaurant called Sweet Nola's in Winchester, Virginia, and uh, you'd be blessed to go by and be in a service where Jeremy is preaching. It's good to have you on again, uh, Jeremy. Always good to be here. And uh, Jeremy's been on with me now for the last probably probably 10, 11 weeks, and we'll be on for a couple more weeks. We just really, the magic is in the room when we begin to share together. It's so much easier to uh, have conversation than it is for me to just talk to you 30 minutes all the time. And in these particular chapters, he's got some real insight, and I'm glad to have him on the set. We're going to get in the Word, but let me just say again, if you've missed any of these programs, you can go to uh, our website at lenhouse.com, and there is a direct link from the opening page directly to our YouTube channel. Go there and subscribe to it. It's free. It won't cost you a thing. But every time we upload a new program, it will send you an email letting you know that the new program is up. Uh, follow us that way. Go to our, our Facebook page and hit my public profile. Hit like and follow us and keeps you up to date. But also on that opening page, there is a link directly to our podcast. There's an icon that looks like an iTunes uh, you know, uh, icon up there. And there's also one that looks like a little robot. It'll take you to the RSS feed for Android devices so that you can get the audio portions of this as well as the video. Uh, and you can catch up because we've been weeks and weeks and weeks teaching this incredible book of Hebrews. But today we're going to get back in the Word. We're going to cover a lot of ground, but I'm going to begin to just read it again from the beginning and uh, try not to review too awful much because I want to get into some things that I think are going to be helpful to us. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed, compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, and run with, let us run with patience the race that's set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider Him that endured such contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest you be weary and faint in your minds. You have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and you have, not, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of Him. For whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth chasteneth and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, 
whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much more rather be in subjection unto the Father's spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but for he for our profit, that we might partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men, and a holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there, and this is the part I want to get to today, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright, for you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. For you are not come unto the mount that might be touched that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them any more, for they could not endure that which was commandment. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with the dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake, but you are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and the spirits that made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant, and the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, how much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven? I'm going to stop there because I will get into some of these that in an, another segment. The key point that I want to make here is he, uh, we, we talked about the last time, these Hebrews that this book is written to, first century Hebrews, were in the greatest transition of human history. They're moving from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant. They are 30-some years into this, and they're being persecuted. They are being pressured to go back to Judaism. They're, they're being suffered affliction from the Romans, suffered affliction from the religious leaders, and they are, uh, you know, wanting to draw back. Mm -hmm. And Paul, or whoever it is wrote the book of Hebrews, is telling them, and Hebrews 10 especially, we're not of them who draw back to perdition. And we talked about how if you miss the mark willfully, if you sin willfully, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. And that was really talking about not, not, not sinning last night, but missing the mark and going back to an old covenant that was really fading off the seed. He said, if you miss this mark on purpose, there, there's, there's, there's remaining no more sacrifice for sin. There's not another lamb coming. Mm -hmm. There's not another alternative to salvation. So if you do that, you're doing despite to the Spirit of grace, and you're walking back over the blood of Jesus. So he's looking to, he tell, begins to tell them, look to Jesus now. Everything about this is about Jesus. He's the better promise, the better promised lad, the better priesthood, the better tabernacle. He's the better sacrifice. Everything about this gets us to focus, to look to Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. And then last week we talked about one of the things that he does is he corrects every son that he receives. And so the correction was 
that we're sons mm -hmm. and not servants. Because under the old covenant, you were slaves and servants, but in the new covenant, you're sons. And you so powerfully brought something last week about how that, you know, foolishness is in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. Mm -hmm. And then you read that powerful scripture, <coughs> excuse me, in the book of Isaiah that said that Jesus was the rod out of the stem of Jesse. So what correction does, how we correct is we give them Jesus. Yep. We point people back to Jesus, and that's what corrects them into coming where their hands are not hanging down. Mm -hmm. their, their knees are no longer feeble. They're encouraged, and that they're not falling back to a root of bitterness. In other words, they're not so struggling with this stuff that they're going to be like Esau. The Scripture, interestingly enough, calls him a fornicator, which, you know, really it has nothing to do here with sexual sin because actually, uh, you know, there's no record of Esau being a fornicator, but he's talking about them going back and selling their birthright for a morsel of meat. And he's talking to these Hebrews about selling their birthright yep. Be and, and their inheritance. See, I'm, I'm afraid that we're really standing in a day when there's such bad theology. And I'm going to talk a little about it in this first segment to set the stage of this. But we're teaching, or I think some are teaching such bad theology that it's stealing people's inheritance yep. because it takes their inheritance from who it really belongs to and gives it to the wrong covenant. And so he's warning them, you know, not to go back because once they, even though they sought it carefully with tears, there was no place of repentance. Esau couldn't find a place to repent. Mm -hmm. And the scripture calls him a fornicator. And then he, he does, he says that in the context, Jeremy, of saying, you didn't come to Mount that might be touched. You didn't come to blackness and darkness. You didn't come to a God who says, you're going to be thrust through with the dart. That Mount was Mount Sinai where the law was given, the Old Covenant. He said, but you are come to Mount Zion. So what he's saying is, is don't sell your birthright for this momentary relief from the persecution because you've not yet resisted to blood. But don't sell it because if you sell your birthright and you give it to give it away. And see, a lot of these Jews were about to lose their birthright and it was about to be handed over you know, to, uh, you know, it was about to be handed over Jacob and Esau. Esau was actually the firstborn, and Jacob was, the, and, and so the first was about to be last, and the last was about to be first. There was about to be Gentiles included in the covenants of promise. Let me, let me uh, go ahead and jump in there for a moment, and then I'll come back and, 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 and pick up some stuff about uh, how the Jesus is the true Israel of God. Go ahead. Uh, well, you know, you're, you're talking about, again, we talked about correction. And even, you know, uh, you, uh, we talk about sin or, or foolishness being in the heart of a child. Let's say it like that. Foolishness is in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. And you think, you know, we, again, we talked about how Jesus is that rod. You know, I, I, you talk about bad theology as well. I, I, there's so much stuff that's been taught from us from an old covenant mindset that really does rob us. Of, of our inheritance. Of our inheritance, of all the things we can have. You know, in other words, we teach, you know, we teach faith. Rather than a faith in Jesus, we teach a faith in our hope a lot of times. You know, like, you know, we, we when we pray for somebody, we're, we really don't think about, you know, I think sometimes we, we've been taught so much bad theology, we don't think about that I'm connecting 
to the Christ. You know, that, 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 this, that, that when I pray for someone, what I'm really doing is connecting them to what Jesus has already done. In other words, let's say this. Let's say sickness is the foolishness that's in us. What's going to drive it far from us is going to be a rod called Jesus that took that said that uh, by the stri- by his stripes we are healed. Mm-hmm. That healing being the children's bread, and that Jesus said, "I am the bread of life." So what's going to what, what's going to remove the foolishness of sickness out of our life is not us really hoping it's going to work this time when we lay hands on somebody, but really applying what Jesus has already accomplished. You know, I I, I think sometimes you know I I, I, I was talking to some people. Uh, just recently that came out of like just some really bad theology and, and teaching that, uh, you know, I gave an opportunity in one of our services and said, you know, I just feel like if somebody needs to be prayed for this morning, you know, that, that you know, I, I'll just, I, we'll just pray for you this morning. Well, I had a call from a lady, you know, a couple of days later. She said, you know, I just felt like whenever you, you said that I was supposed to come up, but I just, I just didn't come up. And she says, now I feel like I, I've just, I missed my healing. And I told her, I said, listen, I said, it's not a it's not a moment of opportunity you know it's not a moment in time you are a son that's your inheritance yeah. it, it's something you're able to have yeah. constantly it's not just this you know it's not yeah. like i've just got to get this one opportunity and if i get that that's what's going to be it it's your inheritance you're right you know you can have that all the time here's here's what i you know i love here's how i look at it too you know by by right if something would happen to you I get, there, there's some inheritance that you've written for me. But the thing is, is that I'm actually better off with you being alive than I am if something would happen to you. Mm-hmm. Because I have constant access to your stuff. <laughs> you know, you I, got I, my tools right I've now. Got, <laughs> I've got tools of yours right now. I've got constant, I walk into your house now. Yeah. And if there's food in the refrigerator, I have access to it. If there's something I want to borrow, if there's something I, that I, or if I said to you, yeah, I need something. Nine times out of ten, I'm going to get what I'm asking for, mm-hmm. without any without any kind of thing ever ever happening to you. I get that. Yep. I'm. It's a better. It's it's better. Yep. Well, that's how we are with Jesus. We have a living Father, who has a continual inheritance for us. But the thing is, is that we don't realize the right that we have to it. We don't realize the that we can walk into Daddy's house. It's almost like we're, you know, because we keep preaching a theology that's almost waiting for. This one day, mm-hmm. we're going to get it. And it's almost like we're waiting on, it's, it's like waiting on somebody that, well, when somebody dies, I'm going to get my inheritance. And then I'll get some stuff. Rather than realizing that, man, as long as daddy is alive, I have better access to it now. Yeah. I have a better, I have, there, there, it's better for, him, for me to come into daddy's house now. Yeah. You know, in other words, as long as we think, uh, we're thinking along the lines that, I, that the inheritance isn't for now. We'll mm-hmm. never access it. But what we've really got to do is begin, again, we've got to apply Christ to some foolishness. Uh, and, and that's foolish thinking as well. You know, not just sickness, but the foolish thinking that, that, that separates us from having access to Daddy right now. Yeah. To, to having access to our Father God right now. Mm-hmm. To walk into His house. You know, in other words, you know, we should be able to walk into the house of God. And I'm not just talking about church. I'm talking about the, the, the continual surrounding of the house of God. Uh, being part of the household of faith. Being whole, yeah. And being able to walk into those things. In other words, you know, we wait for, well, maybe I'll get my healing when this, when this certain preacher comes to town or when, you know, this certain, you know, it's like the guy at the pool of Bethesda. We're waiting for the angel to come down and trouble the water rather than realize 
Jesus standing in front of me right now and that I can have, a, I, I, he's, he's wanting to give it to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so, uh, you know, we talked, we talked a couple weeks ago about realizing the presence of God, you know, that, that's all around us at all times. And not just when we're feeling those goosebumps and that, you know, the, the hair stand up on our, our neck, you know, when we're in a good church service, but realizing the, the ever presence of God. You can be sitting in your living room this morning watching this television show. And there might be, your kids might be playing on the floor and, and you might be going about your daily chores while it's turned on. But the presence of God is right there in that room right now. You may not realize it, but if there's something you need, if, there, if you have sickness in your body, if you have a need, Daddy's right there and all you got to do is ask. And I believe, and he, he, it will happen. Yeah. Without having to wait for a certain time or troubling of the water, it may not seem like the atmosphere of God is in your house this morning, but the atmosphere of God is in your house to be able to access some things that you need. Yep. And all you got to do is ask Daddy, because that, it's His good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Yep. You know, we have, a, we have been taught such bad theology that keeps us separated from accessing the kingdom inheritance that God wants to give us right now. We can access it right here, right now, at any given moment, because He is ever-present with us. It's His good pleasure to give us the kingdom. And I think sometimes it's like you said, we've sold our birthright yep. for a morsel of meat. And, and to me, that, you know, that, that, that's the stuff that's, ro you know, that morsel of meat to me is the stuff that's robbed us of really having the full access yep. Yep. of what God wants us to have. And I know, you know, you're, you're talking about so much more than just that, you know, but, but you know, even from a practical that's standpoint. That's very practical. You know, you, 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 we, here's the thing. Me and you, we sound a lot alike. We talk a lot alike and uh, see a lot of things, but our function even in ministry is different, though. Yep. You know, you, you function as a, um, more of an, a, an apostolic. You're, you're, you're a father. There's no doubt about it. Whereas my heart is more pastoral. And so I think about not just the declaration, but I think about the day-to-day. -day That's thing, why I had you on, is to bring that perspective. The things, the day-to-day things that people are dealing with. You know, in, in other words, you know, probably pe most people aren't sitting in there their living rooms listening going, I want to know the, 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 the deep truths of the Bible, but really what they're looking for is, I'm looking for something I can apply to my life yep. right now. And see, the thing you can apply to your life right now, today, is that you're not having to waiting for a troubling of the water or some amazing service. You may be cooking eggs, drinking some coffee, your children got the room a mess this morning, but there's access to healing that you need. There's access to the protection of your children in that room right yep. there. All you have to do is ask Dad. Yep. It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Yep. If nothing else, man, just remove. I, I, I just want to apply Jesus to your life this morning, where it removes some foolishness from your heart to think that I've got to wait for something to get the access to it, and and, and allow Jesus just to come into your into your your everyday life yep. this morning and give you access, because every one of us have something we need. And I'm sure there's somebody watching this morning that may have a real need. I mean, just they need a real miracle. And they're, they're like, I don't know how to get this miracle. I don't know how to, to, to access it. Well, well, Daddy's in the room this morning. And all you got to do is ask him. It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's his good pleasure to give it to you. And he's not waiting for some special atmosphere. He's just waiting for you to access it. To come into his house, uh, you know, to to realize that you know what, his, his stuff 
it, it belongs to me too. That it, it, you, I can, I can, I can, yeah. I can have it. We're you're, heirs and joint You're not heirs. taking anything. Yeah. You're not, you're not robbing God of anything. It, it's, it's yours to receive. You're not robbing God of your healing. You're not robbing God of your need. You're receiving what He has already laid up for you. It's like He's laid the keys here to the car on the table and says, anytime you need to borrow the car, it's yours. You can, you it, it, take it. And we go, well, it's almost like we try to sneak into the room and, and, and take it because we think that, you know, he doesn't want us to have it. But the keys are there because he wants you to begin to access the stuff. It's, it's yours to have. That, that, that the minds, that, here's the thing, repentance, there, there, there's repentance. It, what repentance simply is is a mind change. What gives you access to the things you're needing this morning is a simple repentance. To say, you know what, it, daddy's laid it up for me. Daddy's, Daddy's put it here for me to have, to, to have access to it, to, to, to receive it. I'm not taking anything from God. I'm receiving what He's already given to me. That, man, that to me is, you know, in other words, we've been selling our birthright for crumbs that are on the floor because that's really what we do. We, we get the crumbs on the floor and we think, well, that's what I'm, I'm a servant. That's, that's a servant mentality. I get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. No, you get to sit at the master's table and receive the whole meal that's on the table that He's laid up for you. Yep. The meal that we, you know, we talked about, the meal, it's bread and wine, it, it, it's lamb, it's, it's what we, it's the supplements of the Lord. In other words, when Jesus, before he was crucified, he brought his disciples into the house and said, here's bread and wine, and I want you to eat it because this is my body that's broken for you. This is my blood that's shed for you. If you take and eat this, you know, we, we, we hear that, you know, if you, if you eat of it unworthily, it causes damnation to your soul. Well, to me, that's, that's not just that I, get, I go to, that's not me going to hell. What that is, is that damnation that takes place is the things that were, that's not true of me, begins to be condemned and tore down so that he can build something completely brand new, that you are a new creation in Christ. So don't, don't reject the meal. Eat the meal, because what it's going to do is begin to change you to where you see, man, I really do have access. That Jesus says, I am the bread. That healing is the children's bread. So there's bread on the table this morning. You eat the bread. Don't reject it. You have right to sit at the table and have it. You can, you can, you can drink of the blood that's been shed for you. That, 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 my, you know, that, that we drink that blood, we, we partake of what Jesus did. Everything that we need is accessible in that. Don't fall for the crumbs. Don't, don't sell the, the, the meal at the table for the crumbs that are on the floor. Sit down at the table and realize you have some right to eat the meal that Jesus has for you because what it's going to do is going to be the very empowerment of the things you need. You know, which really fits in with the whole <laughs> narrative of what we're saying with the Hebrews 12 thing. He's, he's saying uh, to them, you know, don't, don't, don't uh, fail of the grace of God, don't sell your birthright. Yeah. Because he goes on to say, and right on the hill, the very next verse, I used to think this, I used to think the whole Esau idea was so out of left field because it almost seems out of context because the next thing he says is, for you've not come to the mount that might be touched or, or God who says stay away. Uh, or fear and blackness and darkness, if you touch the edge of the mountain, you're going to be thrust through the dark. So what he's saying on the heels of that is, Listen, this new covenant, you didn't come to a God who says, if you approach me, you're going to be thrust through of the dark. You've come to a God. You've come to Mount Zion. Yeah. You've come to some stuff that is available to you as heirs and join heirs with Christ. We'll try to get in the next segment about how Christ was, first of all, the heir, and then we're heirs and join heirs with him. 
But I was thinking while you said that, you know what, you know, you think, well, we're heirs of God, why even pray? Because somebody has to go to daddy's house and say, I'd like to have the keys. Yep. And I got to thinking while you say about, about, you know, about uh, Aspen, your daughter, Christmas time, mm-hmm. and comparing, you know, uh, you know, I bought both of my, gra- I have two granddaughters so far. And uh, the oldest granddaughter, Jason's daughter, I bought her a little battery-powered car for Christmas one year. And I was so excited about this car. And I mean, I really wanted her to have this little battery-operated car, and so I, 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 first of all, give her, you know, like a little riding helmet for it. Well, she's so excited about the helmet, she loves the helmet, but she actually liked the helmet more than she loved the car. She loved the hat. And so we took her out to the little car, and she got in the car, and she was probably just a little young. I was probably, she's my first grandbaby, and I was so anxious to give her this gift that, you know, yep. that, uh, uh, that it was more about me than it was her, because it was my heart to just yep. give it to her. But uh, she, she, she wasn't necessarily wanting this gift. That's why I think sometimes we've got to seek earnestly the best gifts, because everybody sometimes don't want the same gifts. Yep. But anyway, when she got in that car, she hit the gas pedal on it, and when she did, it jerked a little bit, and it scared her. And she said, I don't like it. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I mean, I'm just like, you know, disappointed because I'm thinking she should be so excited. And so her mom says, no, no, just push it, the pedal real slow, and it won't scare you and you enjoy it. She says, no, really, honestly, I really don't like it already. Mm-hmm. So she just didn't like, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, this year, of course, Aspen's several years younger than her, and, and Aspen was a lot older when she got, she asked me. So she found a picture in a, in a, in a magazine of a little pink Cadillac Escalade battery powered 12 volt car. And she brought that picture to me circle. She said, Pap, I really want this for Christmas. And so she was desiring that gift. She wanted that. And so I bought her that. And so we, you know, we, we bought her out into the garage, the last gift we gave her. And man, when she saw that car, she twirled around and danced and just squealed. And just, I mean, she, thank you, Pap, thank you, Pap. Thank you. And so she says, I want Ellen to get in this with me. She wanted one that her and Ellen could ride together. And so uh, they got in that car and off they went. And man, they just had a big time driving this little car. And so I think sometimes that's how God is with us. He wants us to ask so that when we, he gives it to us, he wants to give us something that we really desire. Yep. It's his good pleasure to give yep. us the kingdom. And he gets joy in giving it to he us. Gets, it's his, the Father's good pleasure <laughs> to give us the kingdom. That's how Dad enjoys himself. Yeah. So if you're out there today and you have a need, ask. The Bible said, ask, mm-hmm. it'll be given. Seek, you'll find, knock, it will be open to you. I think sometimes we settle for way below our inheritance or we give it away to somebody else not really realizing it's our inheritance. Yep. And the whole point of this, this segment is don't be like Esau. And he's the, the, as he's pointing even to that, he's saying, you know, in the context of this whole Hebrews, book of Hebrews thing, he's saying to these, these uh, Hebrews who are in the last days of this covenant, don't sell your birthright for one morsel of meat. Don't yeah. give up your inheritance for just a momentary passing morsel of meat. Because yeah. if you hold steady, you can get the whole thing. And even when Esau came, I mean, Jacob came in, he had to put the hair, I believe it was, of a sheep on his arm because he knew that the only way to approach daddy is you're going to have to, when he touches you, he's going to have to have something that identifies with the lamb. Yeah. And when he put that on his hand, the father turned around and blessed him 
and gave him his inheritance. And so uh, uh, don't forfeit your inheritance. You have a right to some stuff. You have a legal right to inheritance. We're out to run out of time, and uh, this segment went so fast. Mm -hmm. If you'd like to help us to stay on the air, let me just tell you, the easiest way to just go to our website. There's a place where you could give via credit card. There's a PayPal there, but you can also give credit card or debit card, and you can set up a monthly debit if you'd like to become a partner for the amount that you choose. If you'd like to give by check or money order, you can write to the address on the screen, and uh, we appreciate deeply when you do that. Uh, thank you for joining us. Join us again next week as we continue opening the Word of God. The word repentance means to change your mind. The message of John the Baptist and of Jesus was to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is accessed by a change in our thinking. If you are in outer darkness, there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That reality is not always out in the distant future. It is in people's lives right now. One simple mind shift can move you out of darkness and weeping and into light and rejoicing. God wants to wipe all tears from our eyes and replace our weeping with joy.